Welcome to Vino Week, episode 23, brought to you by Vino 101. All I'm right. Just... Welcome to Vino 101. I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. I'm Al. Glad you're here again. We made it, Bill. We had a we had a short hiatus. Well, you know, I was thinking about that. And, and you know, as we were talking earlier, it's in Sebastopol and in many places, uh, Halloween is a high holiday. And it was on a Saturday here. Yep. So there was activity in my neighborhood till at least two in the morning, <laughs> you know, and it's disconcerting when you don't ever see that, that, you know, people are like wandering around your house, you know, your sidewalks and stuff. It, it's like, what are they doing out there? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, uh, you know, I mean, for people that don't know Sebastopol, they pretty much roll up the sidewalks by about nine fifteen, nine thirty. Yeah. I mean, it's a small <laughs> town. It's a, you know, it's just very much a small town like it is anywhere. So. Well, we were also commenting too that uh, you know not a big news week. It's almost like things have kind of just shut down for a little while, and that you know kind of makes sense. You know, if you think about it, from you know the harvest is kind of done probably in most places in the northern hemisphere. So you know things get quiet, I guess. Things get quiet, and the farmers have been paid. Yeah. They're all booking their trips to someplace very warm. <laughs> They're all headed to Oz. There's really not a whole heck of a lot to do in the vineyard this time of year. You know, the grapes have been picked. Uh, a lot of guys, if you drive around um, Sonoma County, you'll see that they're pumping a lot of water onto the vines. And I'm not really sure what that's about. But, I mean, maybe it's because the vines have worked so hard. It's like, okay, you've done such a good job. Here's... Here's a little water for you <laughs> to build your reserves back up. But uh, it looks like we're going to have a good rainy season. We're going to have a good rainy season, but we're not going to have a good crab season. Did you see that article? In the- yeah, you know, that's that I did. It's uh, So there's a toxic algae, or there's an algae that the crabs are eating that produce some kind of deadly toxin, I think. Yeah, it's a little high in the crab, so they postponed the... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking postpone, not cancel, but they're, they've set back the uh, start time for sports fishermen and for commercial uh, fishermen for harvesting crab, which has got to be, uh, I mean, if you're a restaurant owner in San Francisco, <laughs> you, I mean, you set your clock by the crab season with your crab cappino specials and it's, uh, they got to come up with something different to put on the menu now. Yeah. And it, and it is, it, 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 uh, you know, you live here for a while and like, I would, I would, you know, I've been thinking about, Oh, it's crab season. Exactly. Ah, can you know, right around it, It's sort of a, uh, many people here also use it as a Thanksgiving's tradition is that you'll have crab with your Turkey. Um, yeah. And it doesn't look like, I mean, they don't say good. Yeah. They don't say when it's going to, when it's going to lift and this goes all the way up to the, parts of Oregon, I believe. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's, it, uh, and it's, it's caused because the waters, because there's an unusual trough of water off of the coast right now, which is what the El Nino effect yeah. coming in. Yeah. And they're saying that this El Nino is, they, I, the, the folks in Pasadena, the jet propulsion laboratory, I think in Pasadena, I mean, I don't have that right. But anyway, they have climatologists there and that the guy that's been running all the, looking at all the data from the ocean temperatures has called it a Godzilla El Nino, I believe. 
Like it's gonna record. So we've already got some rain. We had some rain, which is last weekend, which was you know unusual. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the rain and and bring it. The only thing for me is that my garage floods, but you know I'd rather have the rain and deal with the water in the garage. So bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. So, um, uh, but there were you know dirt the news aside, there were a couple of interesting things. So. Or we'll post a, a video from Food Republic. Um, it's a show entitled "Food Crimes." Actually, pretty slick uh, production. I know really a nice a nice package, as they say in the business. Um, it's all packaged up, but it uh, it sort of talks about um, and goes into how um, uh, wine is. You know, basically, the wine fraud happens. And it talks about, uh, they mentioned Bill Cook. I think his, his name is Bill Cook. Uh, he's one of the Cook brothers. Um, you know, not the hardcore tea partier, but um, the wine collector. Evidently, the other two brothers are the hardcore tea partier folks. Also talks about Hardy Roddenstock and Rudy Kurawan. Um, so they're, you know, big counterfeiters. Um, Rudy's story is great to read. In my opinion, I think it's a really great, uh, great story about how <laughs> this guy just basically exploded on the scene, um, and a lot of intrigue on on Rudy. Just to talk about Rudy for a minute, it, you know, it certainly seems like he had some help. Yeah, he had some help, and we won't. We're probably unlikely we'll to know. find. I, mean, I, I suspect a lot of his help came from people that were high end brokers and sellers of extremely rare and prestigious bottles of wine. And uh, they work behind the scenes, and it's hard to catch people like that. It's almost like um, it's, it's, uh, it's similar to uh, the banking scam that we all endured several years ago with the, uh, with the uh, mortgage market. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's not a whole bunch of people that uh, ended up behind bars. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know. It, everybody got paid. Yeah, I mean, certainly much smaller scale, obviously, but it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a few people that take the fall, but you know, the really big fish always get away. Right, and you know, this I, I you know, as we said before, I mean, this stuff goes. This has been going on forever. I mean, this is nothing new. Counter, counterfeit wine, nothing new. Just like uh, counterfeit uh, money, counterfeit luxury goods in general. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, sort of money on up, right? I mean, yeah. If you if you know where to go on the on the interwebs, you can buy counterfeit money. Yep, yep. So it's cents interesting. on the dollar. It's interesting. I think in that video they also talk about Rodenstock, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, his, uh, you know, he was before Rudy. You know, right. ten years before. And he's the guy that was uh, hawking the the supposedly uh, rare signed bottles by uh, Thomas Jefferson of Lafitte, and you know he got busted. Obviously, they were he, he faked them up and and um, was was busted as a result. And a lot of this happened because of what, what was which Coke brother was it? I can't think of his name. I think but anyway, he, I think he, it's Bill Cook, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, he did a bunch of investigating, and I mean, it went so far as to figure out the type of ink that was used, and they found out that it couldn't have been the ink from back then because they didn't, you know, it was a newer type of ink. And with some of the wines that he bought, 
he he went so far as to do uh, some type of, I guess, a, a form of carbon dating right. to, to test the contents of the wine. And I mean, it, obviously, it's something if you got a lot of money, you can you can pay for labs to do that. But he busted these guys because they were trying, you know, they were getting over on him. So you know, I guess you know nobody likes to be made a fool of. So. So Bill Cook, I think Bill Cook is the now the patriarch of the cook business. He's worth he's worth north of four billion. Um, and then his brothers, David and Charles, are the guys that are the big tea party guys. What what is that, Bill? Is that is that uh, that's not the one percent? <laughs> what percent is that? I, I, you know, they're just oh my gosh. I mean, you know, we've always had sort of these robber barons and in. in in you know American history, right? Yep, always. So I mean, you know, these guys are you know no different. And with the with the way the bankers you know put everything together in the early two thousands, you know, it was this perfect storm of laws and greed that you know made all of this crash. And you know, it's all being vilified. So um, you know, probably be a big. Uh, they'll probably be a big referendum on all of that in the American election in 2016. So that will be interesting to watch. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. the, um, um, uh, you know, it is interesting that this, you know, this bill, bill cook is, is, I think what's interesting about bill cook is, you know, he's beat, they have as a family have been typically very quiet and, yes, and not really, you know, sort of operated under the radar. I mean, the media has tried to expose them. Recently, though, Bill Cook has been very aggressive in terms of um, communication. Like he did a, an interview recently, you know, kind of addressing, you know, I'm not such a, you know, I'm not, we're not a bad guys kind of thing. You know, he was right. giving his point of view, and maybe he got some, you know, validation in his effort from the the wine, you know, his. You know, it's like, well, I'm not going to, you know, it's not fair. You're not going to rip me off. And, and then, you know, maybe it, you know, he, he picks something up from that. Who knows? That's all pure speculation. opinion, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I heard him on the radio not too long. I think I heard him on NPR, in fact, um, in an interview. So, you know, continuing on the high-end wine thing, we had talked, I think, in the last podcast about a wine shop that sold high-end wine futures, like Bordeaux futures in Berkeley, California called Premier Crew, and they were getting sold. And it looks like there are a few more people who have joined um, the lawsuit. Um, uh, people are starting to pile on. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, oh, and you can buy, and you can buy, it's for sale now, too. Yeah, yeah, the place is for sale. Um, if you've got an extra $750 million hanging around, I think that's what it is. 7.5. 7. 7.5 not million. 750 although with Bayer real estate prices 750 okay. million is not I, I slightly I, I think I misspoke <laughs> yeah hey I saw in Palo Alto so not wrong 180 square foot place in Palo Alto sold I think for close to 2 million the other day man yeah it's like I always tell people if you own real estate in California you look like a genius yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> you look like a genius and, and you just have, to, a- just have to wait yeah, and when there's an earthquake, you don't look like so much of a genius, and then, oh, we'll just wait another 10 years, yeah, and you're a genius wait. again. Just wait. 
So it's, yeah, um, 180 square uh, 180 square foot Palo Alto shack with no heat or sewer lists for nearly two million. Jeez, man, that is, I believe it. I yeah. believe it. It's incredible. <laughs> this is gonna, you know, I mean, it's heating up to the point where I don't really understand. Yeah, you know, what goes up must come down. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, what's interesting is is that if you go look at the the history of real estate, it it goes down, but it never goes down back to the levels that it was before. So it'll dip down a certain level, but then it comes right back up and it goes to a new higher there's like a new uh, average or a new mean that gets developed. I mean, it and part of that's just sort of normal inflation. Um but it uh <coughs> I mean, you know, so how do you tie this back to wine? Well, you know, the cost of of property in Napa and Sonoma, you know, continues to go up really hard to get into the market. Of course, it there's a clear migratory pattern of things of farming what gets farmed. So, you know, if you look at Sonoma County 50, 60 years ago, it wasn't so much wine. It was, you know, dairy and apples and stone fruit and 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 that stuff's all kind of migrated north. Well, wine's migrating north. So Lake County used to, you know, took over from Sonoma from some of that stuff. And now, you know, more and more Lake County's being planted with grapes. So it uh, will probably translate to a consumer as a higher cost of wine. Yep, that's what they're saying. They're saying price is going to go up. Yep. But there's still lots of really good values out there. Actually, I got one for you guys. It's a latter part of the show um you know with this thing with uh, premier crew um obviously he's you know he's ready to get out of the business um you know i'm just reading between the lines looks like he's overextended and i mean he can't pay these people back you know yeah. it looks like he, he took money for wines that he didn't have a commitment for uh for uh, or put down any money to purchase anyway so i i you know i think that's what's going on um, he's, I don't know him. I've seen him on the road every once in a while. Cause he does like to drive some pretty nice cars. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've seen him. He's got a nice collection of collector cars. So, you know, in my travels, you know, going down the 580, I, I, I've seen him and I know who he is. So, um, you know, I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose. He just got over his head and, uh, I'm sure he'll find a buyer. You know, I mean, there's um, there's companies that are moving in, like big time companies that are moving into this area now. I think Total Wine and More is getting ready to open up a store in the Bay Area. Yeah, in Mountain View, um, I did see that. I did see that. Which I, you know, so I, I there's just a bigger version of Bevmo in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you been in a Have you been in a Total Wine and More? I have. Yeah, yeah. It is. I haven't been in one in this area. It's a bigger version, but it's much more well put together. You know, like if you go into BevMo, you know, I mean, it's been so long since I've been in a BevMo, but it's all of like, you know, if you if you look on a list of like the top selling brands in any category, well, they're going to be in BevMo. BevMo. Yeah. They're going to have all of the top. And that's not necessarily for me, you know, those wines seem that's to. That's not what I'm interested in. Yeah. They kind of have the, they have this, a familiar stamp to me. I mean, yeah. I could go to my supermarket and get a lot of that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So that's well said. Well said. So I think um, 
Total Wines and More is a, is a step up from that. You know, they, they still have those wines, but they are able to offer uh, some lesser known, more independent, less mainstream, more interesting wines, if you, if you will, um, uh, to wine lovers. Right. So I, I think it's I think it's a good thing, and uh, it'll probably go over really well in Silicon Valley. I will tell you the one thing I did notice in uh, in the Total Wines and More that I was in is that they have a really good selection of imported wine, much more so than um, you know Bevmo does. Yeah, I have a I I have. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I was going to say the store kind of sits in between Bevmo and and you know a store like K and L. Gotcha, gotcha. Great location. I mean, for you know, for me in terms of like what's offered. So you know, you're going to go in there and recognize a bunch of stuff that you have seen before. They definitely are carrying big, you know, the big producers. But you know, like you said, you can find stuff that isn't necessarily you know high volume wine. The other thing they do is every time I've been in there, and I like sometimes I've been in there like shortly before opening, just because it's it's near my folks, and you know, well, like, you know, I think the first time we went in there, you know, it was I want to say it was ten thirty, eleven in the morning. Uh-huh. I wanted to hit it on the way out. They had it was Saturday, it was either Saturday or Sunday, and there were there were tastings going on. They had a a local winery from. Um, you know, the Sierra foothills, Amador County in there tasting their wines. And, gotcha. you know, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's, you know, and it looks like they were set up to do some wine education. So it seems like there's a little bit more going on in that store than maybe a Bevmo. Um, but they, you know, you're not going to find even, you know, you know, K and L carry stuff that you, you know, I mean, they import stuff, right. So it's just, you know, you're, you're not going to find things that at, uh, total wines and more you might find at K and L. Well, you know, KNL just moved. Yeah, it's a good segue, right? Um, they so I don't know if if you've been in the. I'm sure you have, Al, been in that store, their their previous store, which was very um, cramped. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it it literally, you know, it literally felt like the, you know, the front end of the warehouse. And yeah. and and. And it was kind of like, oh, maybe we should put some like wine displays in here too. And, <laughs> exactly. Oh, we filled up our wine display, so just open the box and put it in front of the wine display. People dig through it. I like I like that style of the store because it's all about. I mean, it's it's a totally a wine geeks store. Yeah. So first of all, <laughs> it feels very organic when you walk in that store. Um, so if you have any wine knowledge at all, you'll feel pretty comfortable in there. The other thing that I love about KNL is their employees will will select wines that they like and like stick a poster on the thing. Yeah, and, and so it's like going into I can't tell. I mean, how many books have you ever read that you picked up from a staff pick? Right, that's like wow, that's an awesome book. Didn't get any press. Um, and they do that at K&L with the wines. And so, you know, anytime I go in there, I will definitely pick up one of the staff picks. And I've yet to be disappointed um, uh, with those things. Yeah, it's really it's it's really a good, good setup. They've got uh, – they also have uh, temperature and humidity control spaces if you want to store some wine there. Um, if you're looking for special bottles, like yeah, a, a place to something go. older or something that's rare, that is the place to go. And if you're a Bordeaux uh, honk, yeah, they, there's they no better it. place to shop for wine. Because the guy that uh, the, the the VP uh, Trey Beffa, 
he's he's a total uh, Bordeaux head. Right. And they're all the other thing is I've you know I've been in that I've been in the San Francisco store a handful of times. Every time you go in there, there are wine geeks working there. So you know you go ask somebody, it's like hey, they'll give you know whether you like you know whether you agree or not, they have typically have an opinion on what you're buying. Yeah, they do. It's, it's funny when you're, you buy something and they're familiar with the whatever. They'll go, "Hey, that's a nice bottle." Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> like, you'll sometimes they'll get quiet. Yeah. I've seen kind of a sideways look before. It's like, what are you, what are you doing buying like, that? Why are you buying that, man? You got all these other lovely bottles, and then you know what is what? Well, well, you know, there's a guy that uh, it's well, good stuff, a, though. Yeah, he doesn't work there anymore, but uh, uh, Mike Barber used to work there, and he he heads up Barber Wines, which just opened up a new tasting room in Petaluma, and we have to go down there and visit Mike. Oh. He's a great guy, makes uh, some really nice, uh, one, very elegant Zinfandels. Oh, really? And uh, America's grape. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that the other. I saw some marketing for that the other day. It just made me howl. That's that's priceless. Um, so yeah, he's uh, so we should get down and do that. But but KNL moving that's uh, that's uh, that's big news. I got to go check out news. the store. Yeah, the store it looks great. You know what? It's funny. It looks really nice right now, but it kind of looks like a bigger version of their last store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Box mean, it's, on it's only it's only a matter of time before they're just chocked full of wine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, so. they they had outgrown their space. That's for sure. And plus, with all the um, construction, I mean, is that is the uh, is that part of what's going on with that street there, man? They just like, they have, it's like a big hole uh, in the, right in the middle of their store there. What is that? Fourth street that, that they used yeah. to be on. And I was thinking, I didn't even, I wasn't going, I haven't gone there in months because the road is like, it's obliterated. It could be for the, it's likely for the train routing for Transbay terminal. Cause you know, they're bringing Caltrain up to, yeah, I'm thinking that's what it is, and, and I bet you that's why they moved because they didn't move too far away. But I bet you that's why they moved. It was just it made it really difficult to get there. Yeah, because there's no parking on the street, and they got a tiny parking lot. So I mean, I just like yeah. I, I mean, it's not. It it really was kind of a. I mean, the only time that I I've never driven there, I've always you know from work, yeah. either walk down there or taking the train, you know, taking the light rail, Muni down there, because it you know was only a couple blocks away from the you know, from the train station, the park down there. So, um, but it, 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 I'm glad they moved. They'll carry even more good stuff. So, uh, you, Vogue had an interesting article about, um, a sommelier working when she was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Do <laughs> tell. <laughs> well, it's just kind of, so I, you know, if you're, uh, uh, if, you know, the French will tell you no big deal to have a glass of wine every now and then when you're pregnant. Um, and most, when you talk to most moms, you know, it's all anecdotal, right? But when you talk to most moms, they'll, they'll, you know, if you get to know them well enough, they'll say, yeah, I had a glass of wine here or there. But they seem to know, you know, you know, you can't get inebriated, but, um, but, you know, like her physician, he was saying that – and so she, she's got a really nice pedigree. I think she worked for Momofuku, um, um, you know, sommelier, but looks like she cooked at Daniel, New York. So, you know, it's Daniel 
Bouloud, Bouloud, I can never pronounce his name. Um, but anyway, she's got a great pedi- pedigree, uh, really loved wine, and kind of fell into, um, you know, being a Somali, I don't want to say fell into, but really, you know, pursued her passion there. But, you know, she talks about her doctor saying, hey, you know, you have a really stressful week, have half a glass of wine, put your feet up. I think a French physician would probably say the same thing. But, you know, like we've talked before, when you're a, um, you know, you're tasting a lot of wine at a tasting, uh, you know, either trade t- some type of trade tasting or your buyer, you're not drinking the wine, you know, yeah. you're spitting it out. And she's, you know, she's kind of, you know, she kind of goes in the article saying that, um, uh, you know, you know, not only does that's not, you know, sort of being a taster is a problem, but when you're pregnant, all of your senses become heightened. So, yes. you know, she's saying that, you know, I became, you know, my sense of smell is definitely enhanced. I became a much better taster. Aromas are clear, you know, basically, you know, clear, you know, the acidity, everything that she knew became more pronounced. Um, and my favorite part of the article is uh, she read a study that women who have a glass of wine um, a day um, have kids who have higher IQs. Yeah, I saw that in there. Yeah, um, but she's she's she said she has no she didn't have a desire to drink. Um, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't really do it. She does have to obviously do the tasting during her rounds, going from restaurant to restaurant. But she's not. Uh, you know, she actually is kind of repulsed by the idea of, of drinking wine for, for you know just for the for the for, enjoyment. For enjoyment. Of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and you know, she's saying that. Um, um, you know, also saying that, uh, you know, I think she's had like, you know, like I said earlier, just a couple of classes during her, uh, you know, during her pregnancy. So, you know, I think it's a lot of, uh, much to do about nothing. I mean, you know, you obviously need to be responsible and not be inebriated because that will be bad for you and her child, but, um, which any physician uh, would tell you, uh, any mom. All the moms I know will tell you that too, but uh, you know, it seems to me a very European thing. Is what this article is kind of. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. Okay, I'm trying to think. If I'm in a restaurant, I, well, well, first of all, I think she's probably of fairly slight build, and is probably, you know, I would imagine, you know, some women can carry off a pregnancy and wear things where you really don't know that they're even pregnant <laughs> until you know the latter stages. And I think that might be part of what's going on here. You know, if I had a sommelier that was in uh, a restaurant and was walking by and they were, you know, obviously very pregnant, you know, I'd give a double take. Yeah. And I mean, you would, uh, and it, you know, if you didn't know, I mean, if you hadn't, re- you know, read something like this article, had experience with it, I'm sure you would be like, what is going on here? Yeah, so, and it's not that, you know, it's just, it's unusual. It's not that there's anything wrong with it, to, to quote Seinfeld. <laughs> it's just, it, it would be, it's just, it, it's different. It, and, you know, you know, if you see something different, you know, you pay attention to it. So, you know, I really think it's interesting that thing she talks about, the heightened sense of, uh, of smell. Because I experienced that myself. You know, years ago, I had this sinus thing. I was going to yeah. be like you experienced it when you were pregnant. No, Sorry. <laughs> you, you opened that door. I had to walk through it. 
man, I'm just stepping all in it today. Yeah, no, it's well, I mean, this is this is a topic that you're just. I mean, we're two guys talking about pregnancy. You yeah, know, right. I mean, Something we're, we're already on the, we're yeah. only downside slope anyway. So you know, just start digging the hole with your shovel. I'm gonna stop now. Yeah, just go ahead. But no, when you I, you know, any you do have those times. So to take the reverse of that. You get a cold. Yep. I mean, you can't smell anything. Yep. I mean, yeah. your taste is like you know, you could be tasting a dynamite bottle of wine, and it's kind of like, nah. Yeah, you got you got no no love for it, right? Whatsoever. So you know, it totally, um, it totally. I don't know. It makes sense. When you think about it, it just makes sense, right? It does. It does. So um, we should speed along here, skip along, because I think we're kind of running out of time. You want to? Uh, well, let's do big marijuana. <laughs> well, she built. They got some pretty stringent laws at my workplace right now. I don't know if I can do it. I'm anything. not advocating you smoking. <laughs> no, but there was a. Uh, where was this from? This is uh, Dobianchi. 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 Um, but there's a lot of uh, so we kind of live we live on the edge of what's known as the redwood curtain and, yes. and the emerald triangle. Um, there are um, you know Ohio just Ohio voters rejected a an amendment to their constitution that would have actually created a marijuana monopoly. Marijuana I think would have been grown if this had passed in um, like twelve state sanctioned farms. Um, but anyway, this article, and, and I will tell you that. Um, well, let's let's back up real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Yeah, let's let's delve a little bit more into that. Um, what happened in Ohio? Why do you think the voters rejected that? Um, I, well, I, you know, I don't know. Other than, I don't think people like the monopoly thing. I also, I also remember the polling. If I remember, there was some. I heard something. I don't, can't remember who to attribute it to. That there's still a lot of people in Ohio who are not um, in favor of legalization. Okay. Um, you know, it was something like sixty percent of the population was still sort of like on the fence. But I, I yeah. think the, I think the Ohio thing had to do with the with the you know Americans typically don't like monopolies. Yeah, I think it was bankrolled by uh, just a, a specific group of some pretty wealthy investors, and they were looking to monopolize the business. You know, whenever you have a, a monopoly like that, people you know raise the flag. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, you know, why not? I mean, if you can get a pass, you're going to make ridiculous some vast sums of money. So, so I, 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 and you know, reading between the lines, I think that's had more to do with it than anything. Yeah. I mean, this whole idea of, of uh, legalization of marijuana, I mean, it's, it's already legal in what, three, four, five, six states already. Yeah. And, and I mean, and it's all but legal in California. Over half the country has legalized um, medical marijuana. And it's going to, I mean, there, if you, if you listen to the, there's a lot of money behind legalization in California this time. All of the polling appears like it's going to be, you know, recreation is going to be legal. Um, California just passed a huge set um, or a, uh, at least four or five new laws that actually regulate me- medical marijuana, like distribution, um, transportation, um, 
standardizing size of how much and, and quantity that you can grow. None of that was sort of regulated by Prop 215, which was a medical marijuana bill. Um, the state senators from this area were instrumental in writing that legislation. The mayor of Sebastopol, or now a city councilman, Robert Jacob, is the managing director of a cannabis clinic here. And he's involved in that, and they're you know they're very they're thinking very consciously about this, and they are concerned about what this article is concerned about is that large organizations come in and start to dominate the business, and they don't want that to happen. So what do you? I mean, how 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 could this not happen? Because it happens in all you know. It's like it's kind of like the rule of three. Yeah. You know, you get a business that takes off, and you get a bunch of small players, and in the in the beginning, you know, you just have. You have consolidation. I mean, that's what's happening in the wholesale wholesale business as far as alcohol goes right now. Yeah. You know, you've got all of these uh, larger companies scooping up the smaller companies, and it's becoming more and more less fragmented. Well, it's to say it's going to, you know, so this article um, or this blog post is all about, you know, um, making it analogous to wine. And I think it's very true. I mean, it's there are going to be boutique producers that produce, you know, certain strains of the cannabis plant for, you know, for and highlight certain properties to get certain tastes and smells. Um, there's already, you know, tasting and I, I don't know, we were joking before smoking protocols. Yes. Um, but there, I, there, there's a, there's a, um, uh, uh, a competition. I'll call it a competition that happens every year um, that used to be underground but is now sort of out in the light called the Cannabis Cup, the Emerald Cup, which happens, I think, in a couple, in, in a month here in Sonoma County. And they have, you know, they they judge, I want to say, 400-plus strains or you know, different plants. And yeah. they have pro, they have developed protocols. I was reading an article in the, in the Press Democrat the paper here about their you know, protocols for smell and taste and effect. So it's a new dimension. You know, alcohol has a set effect. Well, cannabis can have different effects on your body depending on the strain. Well, I like the, I like the parallel that he draws. And I mean, and essentially, like you mentioned, he's just trying to make, make the, make note that marijuana seems to be following the same path that the alcohol industry has followed initially it was prohibited and during that period of prohibition for alcohol there were other ways that it could be sold legally via a tonic or a medicine yeah i mean that's really telling right you know prohibition wanted spirits were produced and sold as tonics medicine and so so, the same thing with marijuana happening right now exactly so uh it'll be interesting to see where it goes i mean you know at, at some point we've already got a few producers trying to you know, commingle the two, having uh, a wine. Yeah, you know, go to Mendocino. It's so go to Mendocino and just listen, <laughs> and you'll peel. It's that's you know they're they're growing grapes and you know other stuff. Well, I mean, you know, if you're a farmer, I mean, it's a it's a grass, it's a weed. It's not hard to grow, and it makes a lot of money. Yeah. Does it suck up a lot of water like grapevines do? Yeah, supposedly it's really um, – there was some – Pretty um, thirsty, huh? Yeah. I mean the press demo is written about that as well, how it uh, it's a really uh, 
water-intensive plant. Although I hear, you know, if you start Googling any of this stuff, that it's all over the map. And, and, that's, and that's the other issue with this stuff is that because it's so underground, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, you go, you know, you go get marijuana from somewhere and you don't know who's growing it. God knows what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said for having it regulated. I mean, the, the, the quality, the product is only going to improve. It's just, you know, who's going to be the benefactor, you know, typically you would think it'd be the consumer would would benefit. I mean, they'll benefit from being able to have access and then, you know, have some quality, but like any gold rush, it wasn't the people who actually mined the gold or tried to mine the gold that made the money. It was the people who sold them all the stuff to do that. That's correct. So, you know, word to the so, wise. Yeah. So who's who's uh, who's selling the shovels and picks, man? Well, and the seeds, <laughs> you know, the seeds, uh, you know, all the machines to, you know, factor it into things. You know, they make, you know, candy bars with it and all kinds of other stuff, so. Um, what a what a bonanza for attorneys is all I can think of. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's it's it's Uncle Sugar and the 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 law the legal system that's gonna. Well, maybe and maybe we can let like half the prison population go who are in jail for you know trying to sell an ounce of weed. Hey, what a novel thought! What a no no a novel thought! But yeah. what would we do? Where would they work? Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna go right back to the plant. <laughs> cannabis plantations or something who knows you know there's a big uh, there's a big thing coming out right now on cannabis uh, farms tra- that is <laughs> they're trying to get on the ballot where you know when you go for a job you have to check the box that says uh, have you ever been convicted of a, a felony and they're trying to move that back uh, and and make it a latter part of the the, uh, the interview process because you know obviously you check that box and it's like well we don't want that person yeah. So, you know, there's that there's that thing going on. But that's another side. So we could talk about that yeah, for quite for some sure. time. So, hey, how about a wine recommendation? I actually have one. Um, Excellent. Shoot. What do you got? Uh, so I had the opportunity to have uh, Loring Wine Company's uh, Clos Pepe Vineyard Pinot. What year? It was, uh, it was a 14 or a 13. I think it might have been a 14. It was really good. I mean, right. ridiculously good, and it's not cheap. But it was, uh, it was a thirteen. Screw cap. Looking at, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a screw cap. Uh, it was one of those wines where I, I'm like, uh, I'll have a little bit of that, <laughs> and then it was just like, wow, that's I'll have a little more, yeah, <laughs> a little more. It was really, really good, and I, it's not cheap. Um, I want to say it's like forty bucks a bottle. Forty bucks. Uh, that's that's something that's, like that. But it, it's one of those like I, it would be a wine that um, like I would take to a, a really nice occasion. And it's a wine that like everybody, I, I would, uh, I would be surprised that people didn't like it. So Clo Clo Pep Clo Pepe. Pep, yeah, P E P P P. Clo C L O S P E P E. So what does that denote? I'm not sure what that denotes. Sorry, it's gripping. the vineyard. No, it's the vineyard. Okay. Um, and I Pepe. think it's Santa Rita. Clo Pepe is uh, yeah, Santa Rita Hills, Lompoc. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I like so I like the Pinot yeah. from that area. I just um, oh, so that's I was just like, wow, there's a 2010 from. Yeah, it's you know it's. 
it's fifty five to thirty eight a bottle, forty bucks a bottle on Wine Searcher. Okay. Total wines are more in Sacramento, thirty eight ninety nine. Total wines. There we go. There you <laughs> Another go. Another unsolicited plug. Yeah, there you go. So KNL has it. <laughs> um, so you know, if you're on the West Coast, you know where to go. But yeah, you know, KNL is a great place to, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we, we're here on the West Coast and we can walk into the store. But if you're there on the East Coast, you can buy wines from KNL. They have a great online service. So it's one of the better online providers. So, and I was going to say, this is one of the, uh, so I would take, like, this is like a take the Thanksgiving wine. Yep. And that's our theme. We're going to the take to Thanksgiving wines and we're going to put together a little, uh, a mini portfolio. Recommendations. And do a separate blog. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to try that. So I'm going to have to go ahead and uh, find that wine. Yeah. It's really earthy. It's got all the right Pinot things, but still got some earthiness to it. It was just really, and just, uh, Sort of a lot of stuff going on in your mouth too, from the you know, you know, from your you know to the finish. The balance is all there. This is really well put together wine. Was the uh, other half there to uh, put the stamp of approval on it? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. Which means you'll have to purchase a bottle now and, and, yes. and run it past the Pinot expert. This is true. <laughs> How about yourself? I've got uh, my recommendation for this week is it's. Uh, it's a 2014. It uh, hails from uh, Sicily. Oh. And it's called Tami, T-A-M-I, Frappato. And Frappato is a grape uh, indigenous to that area. It's a Louis Dresner selection. Always like the wines that come from that uh, importer. And, you know, I, I, I got to admit, I picked up the bottle because I'd never had a Frappato before, first of all. Huh. And uh, I also picked it up because it's a it's a sharp package. It's very simple. It's a long. It's an interesting bottle. Um, it's all bottle and very little label, which always uh, piques my curiosity. Uh, the winemaker is is um, Ariana um, um, Ocapenti. I believe that's how you say her name. And uh, she uses it's a natural wine. She uses a natural winemaking process. It's organically farmed, uh, wild yeast fermentation. Uh, it's it's got a medium garnet color, so it looks like a looks like Pinot in the glass. Looks like a nice Pinot in the glass. I was going to ask if it's a red or yeah. So um, the aroma it, it's fresh, it's clean. It's uh, I love raspberries, and that's what you get. It hits you right right when you Boom. put put your nose in there, and it's got a hint of smoke. Um, it and it makes you want to just keep. You know, I kept sticking my nose in it, trying to figure out, you know, what else is going on. And but there's a hint of um, volcanic earth in the background, and once you put it in your mouth, it's smooth, it's balanced. It's like a perfect play between the tannins and the acids. And just think like cranberries and cream, and oh. and it's 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 not a big wine, and but it does seem it it does seem to have that perfect tension. Um, with good minerality, juicy fruit, and spice. And, I mean, I think it'd just be a dynamite bottle on your Thanksgiving table. Oh, cool. 15, 15 bucks, yeah, Bill. I was going to – that was like yeah. – <laughs> 15 bucks. And, I mean, it was hard. I had to work hard, Terry and I, to not drink the whole bottle and save a little <laughs> so that we could taste it again the, you know, the night after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it just is yeah, really, yeah. really great bottle. Yeah, it sounds great. So we'll put we'll put links to that those uh, bottles in the show notes, so or in the post, so you guys can look it up. But uh, good recos. Yeah, I'm gonna, right. I got to go out and get myself some uh, Loring uh, Pinot. Yeah, have some of that. So um, you know, leave a review for us on iTunes. It always helps us. You can hit us up at Vino 101. You can hit us up at uh, Facebook on our Facebook page. Like us. You can always get us on the Twitters. And hey, uh, we broke twelve thousand. Yeah! Wow! Awesome! And uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for following everybody. Yeah, keep keep saying it and tell a friend. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Yes. And even tell somebody that you don't like. Yeah. Tell my friends. <laughs> yeah. Just tell Start people. Tell people. <laughs> We love it. All right. Have a good week. All right, Bill. Hey, uh, thanks again. And uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Looking forward to coming up with some more Thanksgiving holiday recommendations for you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.